I see people I hadn't seen in a long time. I'm glad you're here. I see people that I've never seen before. I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad that I see people I see all the time here. Amen? It's good to be together. It's good to be able to worship God together. It's, it's great to be able to do a lot of things, but you know what? God is so awesome, and He is worthy to be praised. Amen? Last week, we started a series on the power of words and how they should be with grace and seasoned with salt. And we talked about being spiritually minded and how that mindset is the only way that we will strive to say the right things and do the right things. And I left us last week with a request And I wanted to see how you did uh, this week, this last week, uh, with the request. Was this your prayer? Psalm 19, 14? Maybe you're a guest or maybe you wasn't here last week. This was the request that I made was that this psalm be your prayer every day for the week. If it wasn't, you got another chance. So... This week, every day that you wake up, every time that you get ready to go to sleep, let this be your prayer. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. This week, we're going to continue our series on the power of words and The title is, Can I Build You Up? Have you ever heard or maybe you've been a part of saying these types of phrases to someone? Can't you do anything right? Why can't you be more like your sister? How can you be so silly? Or you are so embarrassing to be with. It's so easy sometimes, and let's be honest, it feels so good to put somebody down, doesn't it? Especially when they may be in the wrong. It gives us a feeling of power, a feeling of justification. But I got two things that I'd like for us to talk about. This morning, and the lesson will be yours. I want to read again Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. The Bible says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Have you ever found yourself saying things that you probably shouldn't be saying? Maybe it slipped up. Maybe it was because you were angry. Maybe it was the heat of the moment. I know I have. I know I still struggle with that. How about you? Sometimes I say things before I even think about it. But brethren, that ought not be so. As we live this Christian life, as we live as somebody who's different, we should be disciplined in our bodies. We should be bringing them into subjection so that we sin less and less. 
and we catch it more and more. Will we sin? Absolutely. But is that an excuse? No way. As Libby says, no way, Hoseway. <laughs> the first thing for us to consider this morning is rotten words will never build up. Rotten words will never build up. Paul says, let no corrupt or no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. The Greek word for corrupt right there, it means literally rotten. It literally means useless or unprofitable. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about the word rotten, I don't have a good feeling. It doesn't make me feel good. This Greek word's also used in Matthew chapter 7 when Jesus in verses 17 and 18 is talking about a good tree cannot bear rotten fruit. He also uses it in Matthew chapter 13, verse 48, when he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. And he says the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet and you throw it out into the sea and you pull the fish in. And then it says when you pull it to the shore, what happens is they separate the fish, the good ones from the rotten ones, the unprofitable ones, the useless ones. Think about that. The corrupt words that we speak to each other will in no way, shape, or form build anybody up. But they will do the complete opposite. Does uh, rotten fruit or fish make you have a good feeling in your stomach? You ever smelt rotten fish? I remember when me and Aaron went on our honeymoon and we went... Uh, to eat at the fish place. I could hardly do it, and it wasn't even rotten fish. It was fresh fish because the smell was so strong. No, rotten fish and rotten fruit doesn't nourish anybody, but you know what it does do? It can contaminate you. It'll make you sick. The smell is so bad, it'll create an unpleasant atmosphere for anyone when they get around it. Am I right? If you have a dead fish right here and you spray as much potpourri as you want, you're still going to smell that fish, aren't you? And it is a terrible smell. Think about the smell of rotten fish and rotten fruit. Yes, I'm being very, very repetitive because I want you to think about what that smell is like in your mind. Why is that? Because Paul, under inspiration, says, let nothing rotten come out of your mouth. Let nothing, not sometimes, let nothing do we make fun and put down, brethren? Do we go trading insult for insult? Do we inaccurately label people, immediately judging them because of the way they look or the way that they talk or the friend that they may be around at that time 
What about sarcasm? What about ridicule? What about mockery? What about griping, brethren? What about complaining? What about gossip? What about when we get mad? What about our angry words? You know, those threats that we make. You know those revenge comments that we make? Oh, I dare you to, buddy. (laughs) I'm about to give it to you the next time you say something crazy to me. What about profanity? What about filthy talk? What about them dirty jokes, brethren, that we hear at work that we're a part of? What about those things that we say just to be funny? Paul says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. When these rotten words proceed out of our mouth, we are showing ourselves to not be dedicated to the Lord. And that is not what the Lord has in store for us. You know, we forget what the proverb says. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4 is a great proverb. Look at what it says. It says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But perverseness in it, look what it does. Beloved brethren, beloved of the king, It breaks the spirit. Now, why in the world would we, who have been given so much by Jesus Christ, want to break somebody's spirit? Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it in ball many a times. Many a great athletes that I knew would probably be really good and the coach would just ride him and ride him. Until his spirit was broke. Our words have an effect on people. They can tear down so quick and it's so hard to build Back up. Brethren, are we breaking the spirit of people by our words? And I don't even know if this is a word, but I'm going to use it, and you'll know what I mean, by our words of rottenness. We as Christians should be using our words to build up. Am I right about it? We should be using words that don't tear down. We have a job to do. Just as you can tell where somebody is from their accent. You know, I, you may not be able to tell where I'm from. I, I was born in Oklahoma. I lived in California. And now I live in Tennessee. Boy, I got a smorgasbord of accents, right? It's a big, huge combination. But I love, and I'm going to use Libby again. She tries to do a country accent for me, and she'll say, Alabama honeysuckle, right? (laughs) When you hear that, you know she's from the country, right? 
I mean, I get tickled when I hear it, right? But just like you can tell where somebody's from, from their accent, brethren, people should be able to tell that we're a Christian. Because you want to know why? We got transformed talk. Y'all know that talk I'm talking about? You remember in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, where Paul says, I beseech you, I beg you, therefore, brethren, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him, which is your reasonable service. But then he goes on in verse 2, and he says, and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why do I want to do that? Why do I want to transform my mind? Because I want to prove to people what is that good and that acceptable and that perfect will of God is. See, I'm on a new mission. I'm on a new mission. It's no longer about me. The things that I say, the things that I talk about with people is going to show people what the perfect will of God is. Is that me? Or I hate to say it, and I know this may sound harsh, does my breath stink? Not because I didn't brush my teeth, because of the things that I say. See, we can relate to that. We can remember that one, can't we, brethren? Paul says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. How are we doing when it comes to that? Or does it even matter? Matt, we talked about words last week, man. You're just bouncing on the same thing again. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you for the word of God so I can remember that I need to say some good things. I don't need to say rotten things. Followers of the king should be using godly speech to glorify him. See, it's completely a new motive, isn't it? It's a new way of living, and it stems from that new birth. You remember what Jesus said? Being born again. You come out of the water, and you're brand new. A new creation made to serve him. Made to be pleasing to him. Are our words rotten? Do we break spirits, brethren? Or do we present them with the tree of life? See, our rotten words, they won't build anybody up. But the second point to consider is upright words will never tear down. Upright words will never tear down. See, look at the second part of the verse. It says, let no corrupt proceed, word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. You know that word edification right there. You want to know what I'm striving to do as a Christian? I'm trying to promote another person, another Christian, to grow more in their walk, to know more wisdom, to have more happiness, 
to have more holiness. And to somebody who's in the world, the same thing. I want to bring them to the Lord. I want to let them know what the truth is. Is that us? Is that us? Are we speaking what is good for necessary edification? Because when we do that, we're imparting grace to the hearers. You realize that? God's given us grace, hadn't he? Remember Jesus Christ, grace is spelled J-E-S-U-S? Absolutely. So here we've received grace, but guess what we get to do? We get to show others grace. We get to give it to them. By the things that we say, oh, it's so important. Oh, oh, it's so important. You think about this, and I use this verse often, but boy, it's so true. And what a, what a comparison. It says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Let me ask you something, brethren. Are you rotten or are you letting off the fragrance of Christ? You know, what happens when you take that fish out of the room and you throw it away and it's out of the area and then you start spraying the potpourri in there, what happens? That smell begins to leave. Don't y'all love the candles for the Christmas? Man, I like the, the, the green ones that's like the tree, right? Man, you get that thing smelling, it's like, whew, man, that smells good. Just want to sit over there by the candle and just smell it. How can we as Christians be that scent? See, I don't want to be a rotten scent. Do you? Why in the world do I want to be rotten, man? I want to smell good. So think about this. Five things and the lesson is yours really quick. How can I build you up? Well, I'm going to build you up with words that pursue peace. See, Paul says in Romans chapter 14, verse 19, therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Now, here's the deal. If I'm a Christian, what do I want to do? I want to go to heaven, don't you? And the next thing I want to do is I want to make sure I have peace in my life. So I'm going to fix those things that are crazy. I'm going to fix the things that I've done wrong because I want to live a life that's peaceful. Now, if I want to live a life that's peaceful, then I want everybody else to live one too. Am I right? Spiritually minded people want peace everywhere they go. And they'll pursue it in every aspect of their life. That builds up, doesn't it? Isn't that contagious to be around somebody who wants to have peace? Man, but you don't know about what I got going on, man. You don't know all the drama that I got, all the people at work talking real crazy to me. You have no idea. Man, it's okay, man. What can I do to help you? Can I pray? No, nah, man, you don't understand, though. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my number. I'm going to give you a text. I'm going to be there for you whenever you need me. I'm not going to bother you too much, but I want you to know that I'm going to pray for you. 
How does that affect your life? Huh? I've heard this before. I didn't think anybody cared for me. Can you believe that in this world today? This world that we live in today, I have had somebody tell me that they never knew that somebody cared for them. That breaks my heart. I mean, I gave them a hug immediately. I wanted to give them money. I wanted to do whatever I could. Am I patting myself on the back? Absolutely not. But I could not believe that comment. There are people in this world today who feel like nobody cares about them. But here we are, Christians, being given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And what do we do? Speak rotten mess. It ought not be, brethren. It ought not be. There should be excitement in our lives. There should be joy in our hearts. We should speak words of peace. What else? How can I build you up with words of understanding that I'm going to bear with you. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering. And what does the verse say? Bearing with one another in love. Now think about this. The Greek word for bearing right there, it means to hold up against. It means to sustain. I don't know if any of y'all have played basketball, but, and I may have used this illustration before, but you'll know what I mean. Uh, I remember in practice, we'd have to all line up against the wall, and the coach would say, okay, go ahead and squat down. We'd have to get down as low as we could, and we'd have to stand on the wall like this without our hands. Now, if you do that for a little bit of time, it starts to burn. But what did I have to do? I had to hold against the pain. I had to hold against the pressure. I had to hold against the burning. Brethren, here's the question. Are the words that I'm speaking to each other, to somebody who's struggling, bringing them confidence in their time of need? Saying, you know what, I know you're going through this problem, but I'm going to be there for you. I'm not just going to say it. This ain't no lip service. This is the real deal. How comforting is it to know that you got help? Am I right about it? I mean, I like help. I remember when I used to lift weights, and that's been a long time ago, and I'm trying to get back in it, so I'm not going to be a bodybuilder, but... I may try to lift weights, but I remember it'd be max out day, and you'd try to get the most weights you could on the bench, and you'd put that thing down, and you'd, you'd push that thing up, and you couldn't get it, and what would happen? There was a spot right there in the middle, and he'd just lift you up. I appreciate a spot, because <laughs> if not, it was going to come crashing down on me. Are we the spot, brethren? You can do it. You can do it. Come on. Or does it even matter? Boy, I'm glad I checked the box. 
Oh, Matt, crying again, boy. <laughs> oh, crying preacher up there. Amen and hallelujah. Amen and hallelujah. How can I build you up? With words of peace. With words that let you know I'll bear anything with you. With words that show genuine love and concern. Think about this verse. Love without hypocrisy. Are we a hypocrite when we love? Do we say we love somebody and then we really don't? Because our actions show it. Be warm and filled, right? When somebody's in need, isn't that what James talks about? James says when somebody's in need and they ask for it, you say, hey, be warm and be filled. We'll holler at you later on, right? You know, I saw this quote and I thought it was pretty good. Mark Twain said this, I can live for two months on one good compliment. You ever thought about that? How long a compliment carries with you? I appreciate when people give me a compliment. A real compliment. Matt, I appreciate you for da-da-da-da. Man, that makes me feel good. Doesn't it make you feel good, brethren? Every single one of us in here has something that needs to be complimented. And here's one of them. I appreciate you guys being here and putting God first in your life. I appreciate it. I hope that one carries weight. I hope it carries the most weight of anything in your life. Because he's worth it and he's worthy to be praised. Amen? Are we showing genuine love? Are we listening to people's problems and then telling them what we're going to do to try to help them? Maybe it's nothing but more than saying, you know what, I don't know exactly what we need to do. But I'm going to be there with you. And when the time comes, we'll work through it. And I'm going to be there to give you a hug and say, see, wasn't it worth it? What a blessing it was to go through this with you and how strong my faith is because of how you were. How can I build you up? With words that motivate you to love and good deeds. We know this verse. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. But I like 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. No, not that rotten stuff. But on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you were called to this. Have you ever thought about what that verse says? As a child of God, somebody who has submitted Complete control to Jesus Christ as their leader of their life. This is what you were called to do. Bless people's lives. Are you a blessing or are you a curse? He says that on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. If you read on down in those verses in 1 Peter chapter 3, it talks about this blessing as the Lord's eyes are on the righteous. And he hears their prayers. And he hears them. 
How can I build you up with words of peace, with words to let you know that I'll bear anything with you, with words to show you genuine love, genuine concern, with words that will motivate you to be what you ought to be. And finally, words that let you understand that I just love being with you. Hey, I love being with y'all. And I ain't even just telling you that. Before I was a preacher, I used to sit right there and I'd just about go to sleep because I worked night shift, but I loved being with y'all. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. We know this verse so well as, as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as the day approaches. What a blessing we have here at Fountainhead. We get to worship the Lord together. And we have activities where you can pick what you want to do. What a variety of things. And you can pick what you want to do and you can be around each other. I'm going to say this. One of the most exciting things that I look forward to every week. This is awesome. I wait for to go back there and, 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 and see everybody and hug everybody. But one of my highlights one of the things that I look forward to every week is when little Ethan tells me, I love you, brother. Three year old. A three-year-old who can't read, who don't know Bible verses, but he looks at me and he says, I love you, brother. Man, how awesome is that? Or does it even matter? <laughs> does it even matter? In Acts chapter 2, verse 44, the Bible says... Now all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. I want to close with this thought. A careless word may kindle strife. A cruel world word may wreck a life. A bitter word may hate instill. A brutal word may smite and kill. A gracious word may smooth the way. A joyous word may light the day. A timely word may lessen stress. And a loving word may heal and bless. I want to be a blesser, don't you? I want to have that fragrance of Christ, don't you? I don't want to be rotten in the things that I say. I don't want to have a smell that people want to get away from. 
I want to have a fragrance that people love. Maybe you're here today and that's just not you. Maybe your fragrance isn't what it's supposed to be. Be real with yourself. Be serious about your walk as a Christian. Stop putting the fluff in the way. Be serious about your walk with Christ because when you start to take it serious, people start getting affected. It becomes contagious. I love to be around a contagious Christian. How about you? Because they love me and they care about me and they check on me and they want to look at the Bible and they want to study His Word and they want to laugh and they want to have fun. They want to do all those things that God intended for us to do. Instead of arguments, instead of strife, instead of fighting, instead of all of that mess that comes with rotten words. But maybe you're here today and you're struggling and you need prayers. You need a hug. Hey, man, I give free hugs out all day, every day. And I know so many here do as well. All day, every day. But maybe you're here and you're not a Christian. I, I, don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand that one. So many blessings from Jesus. So much love from Jesus to you. He died willingly for you to change your life and make you something that you never thought you could be. You could be the best person in here. Best guy, best girl. But without Jesus, at the end, he's going to say, I never even knew you. You did all these good things. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Do you believe who Jesus is? Are you willing to repent and turn from your ways and confess his name? Saying that you believe that he's the son of God, being baptized in water for the remission of your sins. Sins forgiven and added to his body. What an awesome God. That's the good news. If you need to become a Christian, if you need prayers, whatever you need, come right now. Let's together we stand.